0: You know, today I have the privilege of starting the book of Deuteronomy. So last week you heard from Pastor Chu and Pastor Fergus, uh, they did a, a, a Deuteronomy overview and today uh, I entitled my sermon, Move, all right, Move, and it's the first sermon of the book of Deuteronomy. You know we're parking here for quite a while, we'll be parking in the book of Deuteronomy until the month of August. All right, so this is the first sermon, this is the first call. So I'm a little bit a little bit nervous because I have a few friends uh, next to me to aid me in my sermon. I've never done this before, especially when it comes to the online crowd. So everybody here on site, you can clearly see the whole stage. But online, uh, I hope you'll be able to experience it as well. So I just really wanna thank Children in Ministry, Pastor Jeremy, Auntie Suguan and Julia, they really helped me on Thursday night, put all this together, it's beautiful. Um, and of course the program crew for bringing it all up, right? Uh, uh, so I really want to thank you for all your effort to help me uh, put this little stage together. But I figured that we are very used uh, to the story of the spies, you know, and how uh, Moses called the people out. But I, So I thought a visual representation would do us very good. You know, we started this year with the book of Joshua. Now we're landing in the book of Deuteronomy, right? So I, I would like to think of this like, like, like we took a page out of George Lucas' playbook, right? Star Wars. Star Wars started with uh, movie 456, right? So you kind of know the ending already. And then because 456 was so successful, they decided to do movie one, two, three. How Darth Vader become Darth Vader, right? Uh, uh, the, the Darth Vader that we know. So this is almost like it. Joshua, we've already entered the promised land. We've already uh, conquered the promised land. But now we're going back to see, because it's so exciting about the promised land, we're going back to see how did God call the Israelites Israelites into the promised land. Amen? All right, so I want to read a few scriptures to you and then I'm going to use a couple of my friends and to illustrate uh, Deuteronomy for us. Let's read scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1, 5 to 8 says, um, I'm going to invite all of you to read it with me. There is about six, seven slides of this. It's really, really short. Uh, uh, so everybody in the sanctuary, everybody on home, could you read it with me? Is that okay? One, two, three. Moses began to expound this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, Go into all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. Verse 8, see, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore He would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Verse 19. Then, as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And so we reached Kadesh Barnea. Then I said to you, You have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said... Let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. The idea seemed very good to me, so I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eskol and explored it taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and reported it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. Verse 26, but you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So He brought us up out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. They say, the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anarchites there. Amen. You know, this guy, this really friendly warrior, is meant to be an Anarchite. Alright, he's meant to be the strong giant of the land. So technically speaking, he's actually supposed to be ten feet tall. All right, he's supposed to be a giant. So just just imagine. Just use your imagination with me, okay? He's ten feet tall. He does not look Roman or a crusader. He's actually quite scary looking. All right. So just imagine. When you look at him, you're scared. Are you scared? Okay, a little bit, right? No, some of you are like, no, <laughs> he looks too friendly to be a, a giant. All right, so that's him. That's obviously grapes. Now, this is the desert of the wilderness. So I want to tell you a story. I want to walk through this story with you so that I give, you, I give everybody context, especially if you're a young believer and you're, you're wondering what is the context of Deuteronomy and Joshua. Let me give you the context. You see, all, it starts all the way back here. Moses was called by God to go into the land of Egypt. All right, so this is supposed to be Egypt, all right? And, and, and Moses said, you were slaves in the land of Egypt. You were slaves, but I'm going to call you out. So uh, uh, God said, uh, they sent 10 plagues to Egypt, so there's 10 miracles, and then he parted the Red Sea, and then he sent a cloud uh, by, uh, by night and a, fi- a pillar of fire by day to lead the Israelites all the way through the desert. So once they have left Egypt out of the clutches of Pharaoh, <clears throat> Moses led them through the desert. Now, this is the desert. There's many names to the desert, so it doesn't matter. Just It's the wilderness, right? So this is Egypt. If you can visualize the Middle East, this is Egypt, and that's the promised land. That is Israel over there. So they crossed the desert. I want you to all to imagine it actually takes only 11 days for them to go from Mount Horeb. So Mount Horeb is actually Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. So from Egypt, they parked at Mount Sinai. They were actually at Mount Sinai for one year. That's why in the beginning, all right, Moses said to them, you have stayed here long enough, one year, long enough, break camp, now go into the promised land that God has given you, one year. So after one year, they took 11 days to cross the desert, all right, with Moses, and it's about a million people, to cross the desert into a land called Kadesh Barnea, Kadesh Barnea is to the east of the River Jordan, all right? So it's a high place. It's like a plain, and they can actually see the promised land from Kadesh Barnea. So it's almost like the stage. This is the high plains, the hill countries of Kadesh Barnea, and I can see the plains. I can see Jericho. I can see Ai. I can see the Hebron Valley over there, right? I can see the coast, the coastline where the Canaanites are living. I can see the whole land, and God says, I am giving you this land. So here... Moses said, I'm going to send out 12 spies to spy out the land. So I'm gonna go into the land. I want you to tell me how strong are the people there. I want you to tell me how high the city walls are. And I want you to tell me whether the land, is it good land or is it bad land for agriculture? So he sent 12 spies. Of course, we all know by now, the 12 spies were led by Joshua, son of Nun, and of course Caleb, son of Jephunneh. right? So the 12 spies walked across. You know, the 12 spies are like the original James Bond, right? So if you love James Bond like I do, I follow all the James Bond, and I, I'm gonna say, who is the best James Bond? The answer has to be Sean Connery, all right? There is the, 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 that's it, I have the mic, and Sean Connery is the best James Bond, but doesn't really matter. Next is Pierce Brosnan, all right? Anyways, all right, he's the original James Bond. Now, what's James Bond's favorite drink, Right? If you say, I'm ordering a martini, right? Shaken, not stirred. If you ask the 12 spies, what is your favorite fruit? They would say grapes with milk and honey, all right? So anyways, that's, that's, that I, I created that joke. Just It's funny, right? It's funny? Thank you. That is my confidence, uh, uh, confidence boosted a little bit. So the 12 spies walked through the land. Now, in walking through the land, they saw this guy here is an Anakite. He's giant. He's 10 feet tall. They're equipped. By the way, in those days, the Canaanites or the Anakites, whatever it is, they have swords made out of steel, and they have chariots. So if any one of you have ever stood next to a male war horse, it's huge. You will be scared. Now, chariots have not just one, they can have two or four war horses in front of them. So if you're a little guy, you are an Israelite, you are a slave, you don't even have a steel sword, you have no shield, you have no breast, you have no helmet, you're just dressed in slave clothing, wanting to take the land their city walls are high, right? Their, their cities are fortified. They can be, Jericho can survive without going in and out for two years, all right? They can starve you out. And then they go in the land and then they go to the Hebron Valley, the valley of Eskol, and they actually see grapes. It's huge. Now, I thank you, children, ministry, I don't have huge grapes. Pastor Jeremy said, why don't you blow up balloons, all right, to, to, uh, to represent big grapes, right? I said, thank you, Pastor Jeremy, but... Uh, but, uh, but, but let's go with these grapes, all right? So I want you to, again, imagine he's scary. You're, sca- well, scared. Like, I'm speaking to my son. You're scared, all right? Don't be so scared. Then you grapes, all right? So huge. But so it was so huge that they needed two people to carry a vine of grapes back to Moses. So they came back. James Bond came back, right, to Moses. And here we park. And then Moses asked to the 12 spies, the leaders of 12 clans, should we go in or should we not go in? Two said yes, 10 said no. And that's where I park, and that's where I titled my sermon, Move. We've got to move it, we have got to move it. Whether we like it or not, we're always moving. Whether we choose to or not, we're always moving. You see, even if you choose to stay still, the time is moving. The world around you is moving. Things are happening, things are changing. Whether we choose to stay still, things are always moving. So we go, I'm going to move. The question today I want to ask all of you, which direction do you go? This way or that way? There's only two. This way or that way? And in the book of the first chapter of Deuteronomy, God lays the question to Israel, your choice. I have chosen the path for you this way, but I've given you free choice. Will you choose to trust me and go this way, or will you not and go this way? You see, I want to I wanna read one verse out. I really love this verse. It, it, it is said so many times. Verse 21, God says, Oh Moses said, See, the Lord your God is giving us this land. Go up and take possession of it. I really, you know, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The word see is very important. It is repeated again and again and again. You have to see. You see, when you see the land, when 12 people see the land, that you either see this guy in the way of the promise, or you see this guy and you go, I don't really care How many giants are in the way? God says, I'm going to get the grapes, and I'm hungry. I want some grapes for dinner, all right? Or you go, I'm hungry. I want some grapes, but this guy is not letting me get the grapes. God is saying, what do you see? You see, when you go further along the book of Deuteronomy into the Shema Law, Forgive me those preaching uh, uh, chapter six. Again, I, I must say something about chapter six, right? Let me say something. When you read the Shema Law, the, 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 the pinnacle of the whole book of Deuteronomy, you will hear and you will see a lot of action words that God is telling the Israelites, right? So besides the word see, you've got to see, you've got to have vision of what God wants for you and your life. In the Shema Law, uh, uh, of uh, chapter six, verse three, hear, O Israel. Another action. So it's not just see, You've got to hear, O oh Israel, be careful to obey, another action word, so that it may go well with you and you may increase greatly uh, and in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord has promised you, again in, in verse four, hear, O oh Israel, the Lord your God is God and the Lord is one. Verse five, another, another action word, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. These commandments I give you today to impress upon your hearts. Impress them on your children, another action word. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, talk, walk. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols, tie, on your foreheads and and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. It is riddled with action words, whether it's by hand or whether you're walking or whether you're sitting or whether you're standing up. Why? Would you put it on your forehead? Are you, are you kidding me, right? Or you put it and you tie it on your wrist, you tie it on your waist, you put it on your door frames. What in the world is God trying to tell the Israelites? See. All these action words is for you to see. See what God is doing in your life. Where your eyes go, you will go as well. Where your mind and your heart go, you will go as well. And that's why in the Shema law, God says, if you don't tie it to the doorframe, every time you walk in, you walk out. You know, in Jews, they have this little... Oh, what's it called now? It's a piece of paper, right? Oh, and my wife would know it, uh, uh, but I'm not going to invite her to say it. That's a piece of paper. They go in, they'll they see the piece of paper. It's actually the law. It's actually Shema law, right? Then you, 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 you kiss it and you say thank you. You walk in, you go out, you kiss it, you go in and kiss it. They say the Shema law twice a day. Why do they do all this? It's to encourage themselves in the Lord and to remember to see. You know, when I was younger, and I still do it from time to time, I would have, you know, I'm not trying to be all super pastor Christian, everybody can do it, and this is when I was not even a pastor, not even close to being a pastor. What I would do is I would screenshot my favorite verses, and I'll put it as my wall, wallpaper in my computer. So every time I turn it on, I would see. I would take a screenshot of, my, of, my, of, the, of the verses that I'm trying to memorize, and I'll put it on the wallpaper of my phone. So when every time I turn it on, I would recite the Psalms and then I get it right, and I look, oh, I forget. It's okay, it's just there. I just remind myself, and I'll do one every week. I'll do Psalms 20, one to one Psalms 19, Psalms 29, Psalms 139, Psalms 119. That's very long, by the way, but you can do it in doses, right? Then I've got Psalms 9. These are all my favorite Psalms, Psalms 1, Psalms 20, Psalms 23. These are all some of my favorite Psalms that I've memorized along the years, Psalms uh, 120, uh, this, uh, 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 Psalms 134, Psalms 133. Oh, beautiful Psalm, right? I, I will memorize this. Uh, Isaiah 43, I will memorize uh, Exodus 14. I will memorize all these verses, and it's always there because I wanted to see what God is doing in my life. The first thing, before you move anywhere, what do you see in your life? You have to ask, but how do you know what you see in your life? What you say, where you walk, what you do, and where you go is what you see. What you see will determine your path. I really have to move on, but you get my point. And I'm inviting all of us to open up our eyes to see what God is doing, not just in your life, but see what God is doing in your relationship, in your family, in your cell groups, in your church. What is God doing in your church? What is God mandating SIBKL, and through that mandate, what is God calling you to do in your church, in our nation? What is God calling us to do in our nation, and of course, globally? What is God doing uh, um, in the recent war, right? We haven't even finished a pandemic. We're going into a war. Uh, and you've got to ask yourself, God, what are you trying to tell mankind about the war? I want to move on. I really, 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 really want to do. If you see wrongly, if you see this, and you focus on this, and this becomes blurred, then you see well. But sometimes we see this, and then that becomes blurred in the background. And when we see this, and that becomes blurred, this happens to us, verse 26. But you were unwilling to go up. The first thing that happens to us when we see and focus wrongly is we are unwilling to move. Our hearts become hardened. Our minds and our belief system become accustomed to what we see. We were unwilling to move. I really want to ask how many of us here, especially online, we are unwilling to change, unwilling to move, unwilling to go deeper, unwilling to let the Spirit lead us, unwilling to go where God wants us to go, unwilling to be called by God, unwilling to change, unwilling to do everything. Do you want to go this? Nah. Do you want to go to church? Nah. Do you want to go online? Nah. Do you want to go to cell? Nah. Do you want to pray? Nah. Do you want to do land fast and pray? Nah. Do you want to uh, come to Easter and invite your friends? Nah. Everything? I'm unwilling to go. Do you know what God calls that? God calls that by one word, Next one, Uh, 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 verse 26 as well, but you were unwilling to go up, you rebelled against the command of the Lord. It's very interesting. God calls a hardened heart, God calls an unwilling heart, rebellion against God's commands. He doesn't even mince His words. He doesn't even sigh on you just a little bit. He doesn't, he doesn't even play around and, and with sugar on top. He doesn't say, you're unwilling. It's all right. You know, I'm here for you. It's going to be okay. Take your time. You know, when you are ready and good and comfortable, then you move a little bit. God doesn't even mince His words. God just says, go. Do you say yes or do you say no? If you say yes, you will go into the promised land. If you say no, God says, you are in active, open rebellion against the Lord. It's very scary. And God is saying to SIBKL, are you willing to move? Are you willing to move? But your next question is, where are we going? Let me finish my sermon. We're going somewhere. Is that okay? God says, you are rebelling against the Lord. You know, when we see wrongly, do you know the, first, the f- first other organ it would affect is our minds our belief system will be wrong. How do I know that? Verse uh, 27, is it up on the screen? Verse 27, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. Look at this, Look, look at the verse. You were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the Lord. Therefore, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. Look at that, number one. How do you know you are unwilling to go? You're grumbling, you're complaining. Forgive me if this is the first sermon of Deuteronomy and it's a bit of a prick in the heart, but you grumble and you complain. And God says, go, but you say say no. And then you blame everybody else but yourself. That is exactly the attitude of Israel. They blame, Moses, you led us wrong. Aaron, you led us wrong. Okay, I'm going a little bit in detail of the rebellion of Korah, the rebellion of the 250 Levites, the rebellion at the waters of Meribah. Please go and read Deuteronomy and Numbers and you will know all this rebellion. They say, Moses, you are at fault. You led us wrongly. Uh, uh, Aaron, it's your fault. You led us wrongly. God, you led us here. God, you must have hated us. You led us into the wilderness in order for us to die, you start blaming God, and you start blaming everybody but yourself, and you're grumbling and complaining. Do you find yourself grumbling and complaining? Oh my goodness, online church again? I have put a Zoom again, I'm grumbling. And you go, oh, I'm so, I have Zoom fatigue. Well, you don't have Facebook fatigue. <laughs> you don't have Instagram fatigue. You, you seem to be okay when you're browsing through YouTube hours after hours after hours, right? There's YouTube Reels, there's Instagram Reels. You don't have TikTok fatigue, but when it comes to Zoom church, you go, oh, I'm I'm Zoom fatigue. I'm, you suddenly, you're, and then you grumble, oh my goodness, I have to do this again. Oh my goodness, I have to log on to online church again. Oh my goodness, I have to book my tickets to come to church. Oh my goodness, you're, you find yourself just... Oh, I have to stay at home. I have to see my spouse again. Oh my God, I wake up next to you again. I have to see my children and they're screaming at me again. You know, oh my goodness, we can't go out to eat again. I can't go to my holiday again. You find yourself from grumbling from church, then you grumble in your family, and then you grumble in your nation, and then you you just start complaining again and again and again, and you complain over everything. You grumble and grumble. And if you find yourself coming to a point where you grumble and you say, God, it is your fault you know it is time to come back to God. You have kind of crossed a line because the Israelites crossed the line. You always ask, I always ask myself, God, why do you have to punish them 40 years in the wilderness? What, 11 days? But then they circled 40 years because they rebelled. Why 40 years? That's a long time, God. Why can't it be four days? Punish them for four, for, what about 40 days? What about 40 weeks? Why 40 years? God says, Your punishment equates to the condition of your heart, and that's how long it takes for you to change. Because they grumble to the point where they say, the Lord hates us. He brought us here to die by His hands. He brought us out of Egypt so that He can kill us. Can you imagine the amount of blasphemy you can say against God? It's almost like this, your father. If your father's here, you would understand, right? Or I'm sure all of us here have a father right? Your father loves you in his, in his flawed way, all right? Every human father is flawed. He loves you. He provided for you. He took care of you. I, okay, I'm talking about myself. You know, I change Jedediah and Macarius. I change your diapers every day, right? right? When you need changing, I showered you. I woke up in the middle of the night because you were crying. I was there for you. I kissed you. I affirmed you. You know, I cooked for you. I cleaned after you. I do everything. And then after, when they're 21 years old, they go, God, uh, Dad, you hate me. You raised me up so that I can die by the hands of the world." I go, oh, wow, 40 years punishment for you, stay in your room, right? Um, (laughs) 61 years old, then you come out and talk to me. You know, I can't do that, but God can. And that's when we know our grumbling has taken to another, another level. When you say, God, why did you do this? Everything is your fault. I'm home, stuck at home, God's fault. Pandemic, God's fault. MCO, God's fault. I lost my job, God's fault. My family fell sick, God's fault. Everything is God's fault. It is time to check your heart. And when you reach there, you see with your eyes, your belief system tells you it is God's fault. Then you grumble with your mouth. Then you rebel in your heart by saying, I'm unwilling to go, I'm unwilling to move, God. What is the last step that detests God so much that He punished the Israelites for 40 years? There is one more ultimate step. God says, you blaspheme against me? I'm still God, your Father. I can still take it. The last step is this, verse 28, when the Israelites say, where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. You grumble is one thing, you grumble and you take your tribe and your clan and your family and your cell group and your church with you is another thing. Here's what I mean. You see, number one, communication in the world, in any, whether in a company or whether in a country or whether in a war, is the utmost importance. If you cannot communicate, that's where you get in trouble. For example, let me give you an example. In the Ukraine-Russian War, how do you think Ukraine is holding out for so long? I mean, as a David against Goliath story, right? We know Russia's military force is second in the world. Ukraine is number, I don't know what number they are, right? You, Russia could have crushed them in any instance. Why? Because the world rallied behind Ukraine and shut the communication off in Russia. That's why I, I do believe Ukraine is holding out so long, right? Facebook shut Russian, uh, 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 Facebook is shut across, across Russia which means that uh, Russian people cannot log on to Facebook and hear the propaganda of the, of the Russian uh, government. By that standard, Apple, Google and Samsung have also stopped operations in Russia. Which means, if you turn on your phone, and unless your phone is Nokia, right, um, you, you, can't, you can't function your, with your phone. Right? You can't go on Facebook, you can't go on Instagram. What, what is not run by Apple? Samsung and Google now these days. You can't access your Gmail, you can't access anything, which means the whole Russian population is shut off. The banks have shut off Russia. Everything, the sanctions have proven that Russia is on a halt from going into Ukraine. Same thing, communication. One bad seed corrupts an entire company. Our brothers have made us lose heart. You know, it's very real in our lives as a church, where your brothers or your sisters have made you lose heart? Or have you been the perpetrator in making your brothers and your sisters lose heart? Lent 40 days is coming up. You're so excited. Ooh, I'm gearing up for my fast, my 40 days fast. Okay, I'm not so good, but maybe I will fast my favorite food. I fast bakuteh for 40 days. It's still good, okay, it's still good. All right, so don't be discouraged. Don't be. Don't feel ashamed that you're, you're only, you're not drinking water only. Fasting bakute is still okay. At least you're fasting something. I fast my social media. I fast up, you're excited. Let's gear up for this. And then you bump into another Christian and you go, hey, I'm doing the fast, are you? And I go, fast, what fast? Ayia, don't so spiritual And you go, oh yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be so spiritual, right? Maybe I shouldn't do my fast. And then you bump into another person. I, hey, are you doing a fast? Can you do it with me? You go, oh, yeah, every year fast and fast. Huh? I not want to fast and fast what? Pray. Dude, I'm blah, 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 blah. And then you go, oh, he's not fasting. He's not fasting. And you, you suddenly go, oh, actually, yeah. Uh, what's the big deal? Don't uh? you fast and pray? And then suddenly you, the whole cell group, you stop fasting and praying. Don't you think? Is it quiet because I've touched a very prickly spot in our hearts today? Don't you think, should I go to church? Let's go to church, you know. Pastor Chu is preaching. Pastor Lichu is preaching. I don't know who's coming to preach. Pastor Jeremy is preaching. Pastor Lindy is preaching. Let's go to church. Say, so, ayah, Pastor Chu again, na. You know, <laughs> I hope none of you say that, right? Ayah, Pastor Lichu, again. you know. Ayah, don't want to. I want to hear somebody. I want to hear Stephen Furtick. He ain't coming, just so you know, right? <laughs> right? He's, he's not coming anytime soon, right? Oh, Ayah, Pastor Jeremy again, don't want to. I hear him all the time in children's ministry. It's <laughs> la. And then you realize, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as excited anymore. Oh, yeah, I don't have to watch church online. I tell you what, I watch church online Wednesday midnight when I have the time. And then God says, your grumbling and your complaining have infected your cell group, the people. And God is calling us out. God says, I want you to move. In the beginning of Deuteronomy, this is serious stuff. I don't want you to move any longer in the spirit of grumbling, in the spirit of rebellion, and in the spirit of unwillingness. I want you to change your mindset. I want you now to move in the spirit of faith. Wow. You see, Moses, immediately after, in his desperate plea to the Israelites, he, I believe, is on Kadesh Barnea right? So he's above it all. So I've got a little platform. I'm not Moses. I don't pretend to be Moses, but I just want to symbolically play it out. So I'm going to stand on the platform. It's Moses made a plea to the Israelites, and his plea is this. In, in, in verse 29, this is his plea. Then Moses said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of these people. Do not be afraid because the Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as He did for you in Egypt before your very eyes." He's asking the Israelites to see. God has fought for you in, in, in Egypt. God has fought Pharaoh for you when you were a nobody. God split the Red Sea for you. Do you not see that God is also fighting for you? Do you not see? You saw it before your very eyes. Verse 31, and in the desert, there you saw how the Lord, your God, carried you as a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached this place, the heart of Moses, when he pleaded with Israel, he says, do you know that this is not just God, the Almighty? He then invoked God, the covenant God. He says, God is now your Father. A Father will never abandon the Son. You are a son and a daughter to God. He will never abandon you. You now need to see the promised land. And you now need to move in this direction. And then he says, trust in the Lord your God. Well, as Pastor Lindley said, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own under- understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What is straight? 11 days. What is not straight? 40 years you see what I mean? God went ahead of you on your journey, in fire by night and in a cloud by day. Why? Because God is searching out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. I'm standing here symbolically, and I'm making a plea to SIPKL. You will have to move. You have two choices ahead of you in 2022. You either say no and then you, and God says, all right, then you walk in your wilderness for 40 years and you go around and around and you go, God, why are you not breaking through for me? God, why am I not encountering you more? God, why am I not sensing your presence? God, why is my life so difficult? Why is uh, blah, blah, blah? Why is this, why is that? Why are my children not loving you? Why is uh, my spouse uh, uh, this and that? And you complain about everything. Why am I not rich enough? Why am I not this and this? And you go 40 years in your wilderness. You can, God will still be with you. He was still with the Israelites in the wilderness. He will never leave nor abandon you. But you have to go through your spiritual wilderness because you said no. How many of us here were in our spiritual wilderness? You're literally right here. And you're walking around in circles, your whole life, unwilling to move forward. Today, let that be the day when God says enough is enough. Moses, the spirit of Moses, the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus is telling you now, you have an opportunity to move forward. I want you to move forward. Is it going to be easy? Moving forward is never easy. You want to lose weight? You got to work out and eat healthy. Is that easy? Of course it's not easy, right? You pay people to to make you work hard. You pay people to teach you what to eat, right? Just to lose weight. That's not easy. Something good is never easy. God is saying, I want you to go here, but in order to go here, you're going to have to defeat these people. There will be spiritual attacks that will come up to against you. There will be spiritual elements that will come up against you. But do not fear. I carried you like a father carried his son through the desert. Do not fear, I defeated Pharaoh in Egypt for you. I will fight for you again today. I need you to see the promised land that I have for you, the promised land that is flowing with milk and is flowing with honey. And I want to go one step further as I became. you do not only see the land that is flowing with milk and honey, I want you to see even further than that. Why do you think God is bringing Israel into the promised land? Just so that they can get good grapes? Just so that they can drink milk? and eat honey? No, it's a land for their generations and their generations to experience the presence of God, of how God will bring them from there to here and how God will always sustain them here until forevermore. And it's not just for me, it is not just for you. When you fight this battle, you must always think, I'm fighting it for my sons and my daughters. It may not be a physical son and daughter, but it can be a spiritual son and daughter. And you are fighting for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And if the next generation were to succeed and they would do well, you wanna know why they succeeded and do well? Because the fathers and the mothers of the land stood there and said, I will move in this direction and I will fight for the next generation and the next and the next and the next because I want the kingdom of God to be the light unto the world. Amen, church? Where will you move? I'm going to make a call. You know, I don't think it is mere coincidence that the Lent 40 Days Fast and Pray, it is entitled Encounter Jesus, choose life. Encounter Jesus, choose life. If you could take a screenshot at home, online, or take a picture, I wanna encourage you to join. And you're gonna ask yourself, but why? Another fast and pray? Didn't we just finish one 40 days? I may tell you this, we just did. You know, the last 40 days, I tell you what I did before I fasted, you know, in the 40 days in August and September. I really, not so smartly, bought my favorite snack, pretzels. And then I said, oh, I I forgot it's fast and pray, so I can't, and I usually fast snacks because I love snacks, I love pretzels, so so it's right there, right next to my computer. And I told myself, my reward for the fast and pray is I'm going to open it and I'm going to eat it. Until today, it's still there. I forgot because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still in my intermittent fast and pray here and there, and I go, if I open it, I'll take two weeks to finish it because I don't want to chomp it all down because I'm, I don't want to gain so much weight. All right, I'm going to do this, right? Um, so it's still there. And I'm going to another fast and pray, 40 days. Oh my gosh. But that packet of pretzels now is symbolic for me. It says, I'm going to give up something, to sacrifice something in order that I can move forward into what God wants for me. If you are praying for the salvation of your son and daughter, so imagine the wilderness behind me and you've been praying, make use of this opportunity, encounter Jesus, choose life. pray for your family, move in that direction. If you've been praying for your job, encounter Jesus, choose life, move in that direction. If you're praying for your spiritual life and you say, God, I'm dry. I want to know you better. Why am I not moving in my spiritual life? I encourage you, come into our Lent, 40 days fast and pray. Encounter Jesus, choose life. Move in that direction. Move, church. Because if you don't choose this way, there is only another way. 40 years in the wilderness. Another sermon I have is that I don't want want to go there, but there's a time and place where God opens up the heavens for you to move forward. If we miss the timing of God, the Kairos timing of God, God closes the heaven and we have to wait for the next round. That's just how the spiritual atmosphere works. And I do sense in 2022, there is an open heaven. I want to believe there is an open heaven for us. I want to make a call on site and online if there's anything you are struggling with, I want us to take the 40 days fast and pray to encounter Jesus, choose life. But, but should I pray for my job? Should I pray for my salary? Should I pray for health? Should I pray for a promotion? Should I pray for a girlfriend? Should I pray for a boyfriend? No, that is praying for grapes. But what I want you to pray is that I want to encounter Jesus, choose life. Which direction do you want me to go, Uh, God? Which direction? You tell me. You tell me which boyfriend I should date, girlfriend I should date. You tell me which job. You open up the doors for me. All I want to do now is I want to encounter Jesus. Choose life. So I invite you this Tuesday, 9 to 10 o'clock at night, log in. I know it's online. It's not the same as being on site, but we can press in together as a church, will we? I want to believe that at the end of 40 days, we're going to experience a breakthrough. Even if the breakthrough is as, as small as, oh, I encountered Jesus just a little bit. I forgave something that I could not forgive 10 years ago. I managed to forgive. That's a breakthrough. That's encountering Jesus. That is fighting your giants. And God promises He will fight for you. He promises to be your Father, and He will carry you through. Amen, church. So I want to give you one minute of silence as the music plays, and then Esther is going to lead us in the worship. I wanted to ask God, God, what is it that we are in our wilderness because we don't want to obey you, because we don't want to see what you have in store for us, because we are unwilling to go. We're like a spoiled child sitting there. God, I don't want to go, I don't want to move. You move for me. You fight for me. You do everything for me. I don't want to go. I just want to. I don't want to move. We're in rebellion. I want to call it out. Move with God. ba 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 ba. ba 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 ba. ba 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 ba. ba 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 ba. God is saying to you, you have stayed in this mountain long enough. You have stayed in your wilderness long enough. Now break camp and advance. Move and move forward. Take what God has in store for you. Hallelujah. If you're praying for a salvation of a loved one, a person you really love, you've been praying for a long time, I want you to put your hands up online as well. I wanna say, I wanna shoot a quick prayer for you. Father Lord Jesus, you see all these hands up. Father God, in the next 40 days, we're going to encounter Jesus and choose life. We're going to intercede for our loved ones. Father God, and we're going to see a breakthrough, a miracle in their lives, Father Lord Jesus. And Good Friday and Easter, Father God, they're going to see Jesus like never before. So I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will tarry in prayer. We will not give up, Father Lord Jesus. We will not give up, Father God, Lord God, because you are fighting for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you you are praying for a job and you are struggling financially, no shame, could you put your hand up? I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Father God, all the hands raised up. They could be looking for a job or they could be struggling financially, Lord Jesus Christ. But Father God, we declare that this today, you are Jehovah Jireh, God their provider, and you will provide them, Father Lord Jesus Christ. You will provide for them, Father God. You have told them, "I, you are my son and I am your father. I will look after you, Father God. I will look after you, my son. I will look after you, my daughter. You need not worry, you press in and you do what you do best, you press in and I will provide for you. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hands if you're praying for healing. If you need healing, you or your loved ones, your immediate family, you need healing and you, somebody, you could, somebody could be COVID positive or somebody could be very ill and you're praying for healing and you're really believing for a healing in your family or your loved ones. In the name of Jesus, Father God, you see all these hands raised, Father God. We are going to encounter you and choose life and we're going to press in. Father Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to tarry in prayer. And in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing for every hand raised not just for them, but also their loved ones, also their family, oh Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the hands up and I pray and I know that there will be a miracle healing. There will be a breakthrough, Father Lord Jesus Christ, in this next 40 days that starts on Tuesday. And in the last category, if you have felt in the last two years, you are spiritually dry, you have been spiritually dry and you want to be refreshed, You want the streams of the Holy Spirit River to flow through you once again. And you want to encounter Jesus. Choose life, speak life, raise your hands. And I want to pray for you and close this service. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, you see all the hands raised. You see all the hands online raised as well. I may not know the hands that are raised, but you do, Holy Spirit, you do. Father Lord Jesus, I pray, Father God, that you come like the rushing wind, to blow over us right now, that we will feel a rushing wind that will blow over us. And God, you are affirming us to say, Come, come into the well springs of the Holy Spirit, and I will give you fresh water, fresh manna, and I will refresh you. Father God, I pray, Father God that your Holy Spirit will be like a spring welling up inside their hearts, welling up inside their spirit and their souls right now, that they will feel refreshed they will feel invigorated by the Holy Spirit. They will feel excited again for the things of God. They will press in and they will move in into the promised land that You have called them to take, that You have called them to conquer. And in the name of Jesus, against every spiritual attack, against every spiritual stronghold, we command the spiritual attacks and stronghold to crumble like Jericho in the name of Jesus. We command the spiritual attack to flee in seven directions in the name of Jesus and I pray for my brothers and my sisters, that we will break through and that we will move on forward. We thank You, Lord. We love You, Lord. We honour You, Father God. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. We really appreciate you. If you need prayers, the pastors uh, will pray for you up front. Come up front and we will pray for you and our leaders. God bless you. Have a good weekend ahead and have a good 40 days Fast and pray. See you.